the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our text is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. The title of the message is The Gospel-Centered Mind. Paul writes, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. We're continuing uh, our series. We started last Sunday on the letter of Paul to the Philippian church. We discovered from reading the letter that it has many uh, great theological, spiritual, and, and, and practical themes. Among them, the theme of joy. If you read Philippians, you will, you will see that as a prominent theme. The theme of, of Christian harmony, peace, generosity. But the one thing that holds all of these themes together in, in one general purpose that Paul has was that he wanted his readers... He wanted the people who will read this letter, the Christians then and Christians now, to learn how to think as Christians. This letter is first and foremost about, is about nurturing the Christian mind so we can navigate this life with courage, confidence, and peace. Unless... Uh, for some reason, you are oblivious to what's going on around you. Uh, in our world, uh, there's no doubt you recognize the enormous challenges we're facing, not only in, in, in our country, but also everyone else in the world. Uh, we're still dealing with a, with a global pandemic. There's a lot of social and political unrest. You just turn on the TV and every day there seems to be uh, some kind of shooting and there's some kind of rioting. We're dealing with a lot of, a lot of unrest, a lot of cries for uh, social justice and things of that nature. And that's just what's going on on the outside. Not to mention there's so many of us uh, dealing with personal issues uh, that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, this New Testament letter of Paul is so relevant 
and critical then as it is, as it is now. And I personally found much help just reading this letter and soaking in every nugget of truth that encourages me as a believer to grab a hold of the gospel. The gospel is still the good news. Okay? So, you know, I minister to a lot of people during, uh, during this pandemic. Uh, y- you know, I-, I give people a call from time to time, you know, uh, or they, pe- they call me. And the first thing I ask them is, you know, have you been in the Word of God? And have you been reading the Bible? And I will always recommend read Philippians. Because we need to learn how to develop the Christian mind. How to think as Christians so that we can navigate all the issues that we face in our life. Now, when, when I speak or when we speak of the gospel, we're not just talking about, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the story of Jesus coming in and all of that. We're talking about the entirety of God's revealed word to us, which He did in Jesus. The full counsel, the full revelation of Jesus. And we want to be trained in our minds how to think in terms of the totality of that revelation. Old and New Testament. The gospel is the entirety of God's revelation in Jesus, okay? Everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Everything in the Bible points to God's redemptive, reconciliatory, and restorative plan for humanity. We have everything we need to be able to go through this life with courage and confidence because God has already revealed His plan and His purpose through Jesus. The totality of it. And we need to learn how not only to understand that plan, but also how to fix our minds on the things that God has already revealed. And I emphasize that many times because I think, you know, we're we're trying to grab things from everywhere to see how we can possibly make sense of things. I want you to know, loved ones, we have God's revealed Word. And it's not a what, it's a who. We have the written Word and we have the living Word, which is Jesus. So when we speak about good news, we already know what that is. We already know that God has already revealed everything that we need to know and learn about Him and His plan. And, and, and we have the gospel. We have this good news. And we need to develop a good news kind of mindedness. I call it the gospel-centered mind. We respond to everything on the basis of what God has already revealed to us. I'm sorry to disappoint some people, but many Christians are still thinking that God's going to give them some kind of new revelation from somewhere. That somehow God will, will just give them an instant brand new thing. I'm sorry to, to be the bearer of bad news. God isn't going to do that. He has revealed His Word and His will to us already. It's up to us not only to understand it, acknowledge it, but also to develop a mindset that acknowledges and understands that revelation. Okay, When we think of God's revelation, we're always looking at what Jesus has already done and what He has already said. Everything that we have now, if, if you hear something new, if it's consistent with God's revealed word, it's not a new revelation. It's just a rediscovery of what God has already said. Okay? So there's nothing new. 
that we need to hear from God. We already have God's ultimate revelation of Himself, and that is Jesus. So what Jesus taught, that's what we need to focus on, and we need to develop a mindset that understands all of that, okay? Now, we get some insights on that, and, and it blesses us, but God has already spoken to us. In the past, God has spoken to us through prophets, uh, through events, but in this day and age, God has already spoken to us in the person of Jesus Christ. That's how we know we can overcome. How many of you know you are an overcomer? We are an overcomer. And I've always wondered, what, 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 does, what do pastors mean when they said, you are an overcomer? I, I, I've always struggled with that, you know. But now I realize I am an overcomer and you're an overcomer because you already know that you are. You already know that God says you will overcome. And we overcome not by our own mind or our own mechanisms. We overcome because God has revealed to us His Son. And when we focus our mind and we train our minds to think about that good news that Jesus is with us, that God is with us, we can overcome almost anything that happens. Gospel-minded people like Paul know these four things about God and His revelation of His Word. Four things this morning that a gospel-centered mind knows. So this is something you already know and I already know. So why are we preaching about it? So we can remind ourselves, okay, and encourage ourselves. Number one, a gospel-centered mind is confident that God will always vindicate His Word through our circumstances. Let me say that again. God will always validate or vindicate His Word through our circumstances. Look with me again at verses 12 to 13. Paul writes, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I want you to know, church, that what has happened to me, what has happened to him, he was imprisoned for Christ. He was dealing with uh, the opposition to the gospel. What has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel, advance the good news. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. You know, as we know, Paul wrote this letter while he was imprisoned in Rome, okay? Uh, needless to say, he was not in any way in a very good situation. His circumstances was really, really bad. So when Paul writes, my chains, my circumstances, what had happened to me actually served to advance the gospel, we think somehow that when Paul writes that, we think somehow that, that, that uh, God is kind of uh, disguising you know, some kind of a blessing, you know. We think it's a blessing in disguise. When, when, when Paul writes, oh, you know, my chains, my imprisonment turned out to be uh, a way for, for me to advance the gospel. And as Christians, sometimes we often think that that's, uh, you know, that's God doing something hard that we go through so that He can do something really good. Now, that's partially true, but it's not all true. I don't believe for a moment that God disguises His blessings. I don't think the Bible teaches that. I don't think God disguises a blessing. The Bible says in Ephesians, God has already seated us, seated us all in the highest place in Christ because Jesus has already been revealed. There's no point for God to hide 
or disguise any of the blessings. Not at all. When Paul wrote, what has happened to me, my circumstances, the suffering that I went through, I now figured out why I went through them. I already know why I'm going through this. I'm going through this so that the gospel, the good news can advance. That was his mindset. He wasn't complaining, God, please get me out of this jail. I, I, I don't want you to disguise your blessing. I want you to reveal your blessing to me. Now, that's not his mindset. His mindset is, I'm going through this because God is advancing his word. He's validating, he's vindicating his word through my circumstances, okay? God doesn't disguise anything. When we go through suffering, when we go through adverse circumstances, loved ones, listen. God's purpose for that is to vindicate His own word so that we can be convinced that it's true. Because when we go through trials and problems, you know, we doubt God. Let's just be honest about it, you know. We, we question. But the mindset, a good news-centered mind, will never ask that question. Lord, why? We already know God, if you're a child of God, whenever you and I go through these circumstances, you can believe, take it to the bank, God is validating something about His will and His word through that situation. When the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for the good, for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, the emphasis of that is not so much for our good, but for God to vindicate His purpose and His will and His word in our lives. God uses the circumstances in our lives to validate our love for Him. To vindicate His Word through us. It's God's Word that God blesses. <clears throat> and sometimes we, we get confused about that, you know. We, we hear the word blessing. Pastor, let's do a house blessing. Pastor, bless my new car. Pastor, let's ask God to bless this or bless that. You know what? To what being blessed really means? It means being in partnership with God. Okay? It, that's what it means. Okay? God never blesses just the people. God never just blesses the individual. When he says, I'll bless you, he's really saying, I'm blessing my word. It's about me first. You're along for the ride. So when we know what God is blessing... We write it, we're going to be blessed with it. Amen? That's how it works. Because God will vindicate His Word through our circumstances. And that's why when we pray, every time we, we go through whatever, whether good things or bad things, we know that God is vindicating Himself. He's validating Himself uh, to what we are going through. And so God wants to accomplish something for himself. That's what a blessing is. It's always in partnership with God. If God blesses you with a job, you better respond to God by giving him an offering of yourself. Amen? Isn't that what we, we do as a church? If God blesses you with good health, what do you do? You use your, 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 your God-given whatever that is to honor God because it's always a partnership. We ought to look at our circumstances that way. Christians ought not to look at our situations 
as an indicator of whether God is blessing us or cursing us. But let's look at it as a, a validation of God's own plans and purposes. God will advance his word in our life no matter what. He's go if you're a child of God, believe me, believe me today. Don't believe me tomorrow, but believe me right now. <laughs> God will advance his will and his word through our circumstances. One of the great things that happened to me personally in this pandemic, and I'm sure it happens to you, that it, with these lockdowns we had, is that it gave us more time to binge on scriptures. Everybody laughs. Because every time we turn on the TV, oh, no, now that, now that we have a lockdown, you know, let's binge on Netflix. Oh, you missed your shows? Now's the perfect time. You know, you, you, you're, you're locked up at home. There's nothing else going on. Turn on the TV and watch uh, whatever, whatever show you're watching, you know. Avengers or whatever, all right? But you know what? A gospel-centered mind. You know, I'm not saying don't watch TV, okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a weird person. But you know what? This pandemic, this lockdown has accomplished, at least to me personally, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but now it drove me to listen and read the Bible a little bit more because there's nothing else to do. You know, I'm ashamed to say that because, hey, you know, even though when there's a lot of things going on, we should be doing that. But the good thing about this pandemic is, you know, we're, 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 we're locked down most of the time. <laughs> and we have a chance to actually pray a little bit more, read the scriptures a little bit more. Because I guarantee you, God is saying something to you and I through this pandemic. He's saying something. He wants you and I to develop that mindset that asks that question. Okay, you know, we are in this situation. We are in this circumstance, this place in our life. Let's figure out how we can advance God's will and God's word through this. That's how it works. That's the gospel-centered mind. You know, that our minds are preoccupi preoccupied with, with figuring out how God can use that situation, that circumstance, that, that problem to increase our love, to increase our passion for Him, to increase our understanding of His Word so that we can get much closer to Him, so that we can be calibrated in our affections, Okay? So we can be calibrated in the way we deal with one another. I'm stuck with my wife and kids during this pandemic. We can't stand each other. No, that's not true. We actually had a lot of good quality time. You know? Spending a lot more time together. And that's how God wants us to think. How we can recalibrate our own lives in relationship to how we deal with him. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, Not only so, Paul says, but we also glory in our suffering because our mindset says that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, character hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's beautiful words from Paul. The gospel-centered mind. Now there's a second insight into this gospel-centered mindset and that is God's voice gives courage to our conviction. God's voice 
will always give courage to our conviction. Look at verse 14. And because of my suffering, because of my chains, because of my circumstance, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Apparently, Paul's situation is in being in prison for proclaiming Jesus. You know, his, his ordeal, his imprisonment, his circumstance, his suffering says, uh, became a voice of conviction to other Christians, okay? They become emboldened because of what they saw, how, how Paul, because they saw how Paul's mindset seemed to have conquered that problem, you know? It became a voice of conviction to them. So I want you to know, loved ones, this morning, never think that the suffering or the ordeal or the trial we face in life are exclusively allowed by God simply to teach us a lesson, simply to uh, fix our character. All of that's true. But there's one very important thing that we cannot miss. We cannot lose sight of the fact that when circumstances happen to us that we don't like, it's not just for us, but it's also for other people. Our, be careful how you respond to problems. Amen, as Christians? Okay, I'm speaking to fo the followers of Jesus. Let's be careful how we respond to the problems in life because that's not just for us to deal with. It's not just been given to us to go through this so that we can be taught a lesson or we can be made stronger. All of that's true. But God also wants to use your circumstance as a mouthpiece, as a voice to touch other people. What happened to Paul? You know, his imprisonment, you know, if you look at that, you know, how, how can a guy who is suffering in prison uh, actually be helpful to anybody else? And, and Paul says, well, you know what? Look at me. I'm in prison. But now because of how I responded to my problem, many became encouraged and they became even more bold in proclaiming this good news. You know, when we get in trouble, the very first trick that the devil plays uh, on us is for us to focus on ourselves. Isn't that right? When we are in trouble, hoo, 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 I'm the only one going through this. It's just me. Everyone else doesn't have this problem. That's the devil's trick. You know, I mean, he's, he's an old age trick. He uses that all the time. The focus is not only on the problem, the focus is on us. Okay? But a gospel-centered mind says, Yes, I'm in this situation. Yes, I'm in, in this particular predicament. But I not only believe that God is going to validate His Word, this can be used as a voice to encourage other people, to encourage other people to make a stand. He intends for other believers to hear His voice through someone else's struggles. And we find it hard to believe, but that's true. We find courage because other people have courage to face it. And it becomes a testimony our struggle becomes a testimony in our life that even though struggles and ordeals come, those are God's voice. He's telling us something to strengthen our conviction. I don't know why God does it. All I know is that it is consistent through the Bible. It is consistent through the Bible. There could never be no need for Noah to build an ark if, was, if there wasn't going to be a flood. 
you think about that for a moment. There would never be any kind of need for God to promise the nation of Israel a promised land if there weren't any going to be any slavery. There would be no need for Joshua and the Israelites to blow the trumpet if there are no walls in Jericho. There would have been no need for a tomb if Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. The point of the matter is, our ordeals gives courage, not only to ourselves, courage of conviction to ourselves, but to everyone who follows the Lord Jesus Christ. God's voice is heard by those who are convicted, convinced, that his voice is present in their situation. So remember, when you, are, you get in trouble, when you are in trouble, watch how you respond. It's a way for God to testify through you about his power. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.